You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Wonderful. Thank you, worship team. In the room, can we give it up for the worship team? Thank you so much for leading us so beautifully. Those in the room, at home, do feel free to take your seats. I'm just setting a timer on my phone to make sure I don't go for too long. (laughs) It's great to be able to share and open the Word of God today. For those in the room and those at home, it is so wonderful to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus together and learn from him. And that is my hope today, that we would do exactly that. And maybe just to say, before I dive in, I should be used to it by now. But for me, what the team are pulling off here each week is absolutely amazing. Would you agree? that The live stream and doing this each week is amazing. And a confession, I am part of the CLM team, but I have no idea how they do this. Like, I have no idea how live stream works. I see cameras. It feels like we're in the BBC studios. I just kind of get up. If live stream was, like, if online services was down to me, you'd be getting this sermon via a WhatsApp audio. And uh, so in the chat, show some love to the tech geniuses that make this work. Sometimes I struggle to find the link to church, never mind actually running this. So amazing props to the team. Um, If you haven't been in person before, Come along and you get to see it um, if you are in Coventry and be part of what is going on here as well. But also the Lord is moving and it's been wonderful to be able to do this. So enough on my technical abilities. Today, as we've heard a number of times, it's my privilege to kick off a new series for us, a four-week series actually as we head towards Easter. So this will take us right up to Easter. And the title of this series is This Jesus. Everyone say with me, This Jesus. Jesus. This Jesus. If you're on the chat, drop it in the chat. On Zoom yesterday in the prayer meeting, we nearly broke Zoom. I think there was that many people posting in the chat. I was very worried because I was one of the hosts and my laptop was freezing all the time. But we are going to focus on this Jesus. In Acts 2, Peter gives this absolutely fire sermon on the day of Pentecost. You can read it all if you go to Acts 2. And he uses this phrase, this Jesus, twice. Once in verse 32 and once in verse 36. And the Bible says that the people, after they heard this, they were listening and they were cut to the hearts. They were cut to the hearts and they knew they needed to respond to this Jesus. They couldn't just hear about this Jesus and carry on with their lives, but knew that they needed to respond. And I don't think anyone could do this Jesus that we've sang of or this Jesus that we're going to speak of justice in four weeks. We're not looking to do that. No matter how much time we had, if we had a 400-week series or how eloquent our words. But our prayer is that through his word and by his spirit, we would have a deeper revelation of Jesus for ourselves. That we would know this Jesus as our Jesus the way I've come to know him as my Jesus, the way he meets me each and every day, the way he gives me daily bread, the way he speaks and ministers, that we can know him personally and walk with him. Our hearts too would be impacted and say, Jesus, what would you like me to do in response to you today? So this morning, as we 
begin this series, my title, for those making notes, is This Jesus, Gentle and Humble in Heart. This Jesus, Gentle and Humble in Heart. And with that, if you have a Bible or a device, if you could turn with me to Matthew 11. We're going to read some verses from there, verses 25 to 30. It says this, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus then says this, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And some really quick context for these verses. They come on the back of Jesus teaching in the region of Galilee. And actually, the verses before this, he's actually bringing a rebuke. He brings a rebuke to some different cities and to some religious leaders, the Pharisees, who saw the miracles of Jesus firsthand and yet refused to believe in him. Refused to accept who he was and what he was saying. And we read in verses 25 to 27 that we've just read that Jesus outlined some keys that I didn't want to miss, but we're not going to dwell on that. A key to understanding this Jesus is a posture of humility of the Father revealing. And I've been praying that, that the Father would reveal, that we would come with humble hearts to receive. And also this is so important because it's in and through Jesus that we know God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is in and through him that we can come. And then we come to verse 28 to this beautiful, powerful, profound invitation of Jesus to come. And today I want us to more fully consider these words of Jesus, to consider his heart firstly, to consider the commands and the invitation that are then linked to these, and then the promise of rest and rest for our souls. So firstly then, his heart. Jesus says in verse 29, I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm gentle and humble in heart. If you're making notes, write that down, circle it, underline it. The very words of Jesus. Now what makes this so impactful for me, this is the only time in the whole of the New Testament where the very heart of Jesus is spoken of directly. Of course, we see expressions of his heart so beautifully in so many wonderful ways with Jesus' interactions with people. And I'm sure over the next few weeks, we're going to see some of those interactions. Jesus helps us through his teaching understand more of who he is. And I am statements that reveal some of the person and nature of Jesus But surely we must take careful consideration of the only time Jesus describes his own heart. The only time he describes his own heart. 
What is also key is understanding that the Bible uses the term heart, not just to speak of merely emotions as we might see or understand today, but the core animating principles of our being. What animates him? What drives him? What is significant, most significant? If he was in a youth group, he would, and he's playing a silly game that we so often play, or describe yourself in two words. I don't know what I would say, like love food or something. Um, Jesus would say gentle and lowly, gentle and humble in heart. And when Jesus tells us what animates him most deeply, what is most true of him, when he exposes the innermost recesses of his heart, it is this phrase. I love this. I've never been so deeply impacted in a preparation of a sermon. I don't just say that really, really. Over the last few weeks, the times with Jesus, I feel like I've come to know him in a new way. Jesus, Jesus, the one who welcomes me because of his very heart, not because he has to. So this Jesus, who is the way, the truth, the life, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is Alpha and Omega, the one who is mighty God and wonderful counselor, this Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. Wow. The one who holds the keys to death and life. The one who could rightly reject us and scorn his sinful creation because we've turned our backs on him. He says to us, come to me because I am gentle and humble in heart. Wow. This Jesus, the one who is going to return in glory. The one who is going to raise the living and the dead. The one when the trumpet sounds, we will see him and be like this Jesus. In all his might and all of his power, at the very essence of who this Jesus is, is a heart that is gentle and lowly, gentle and humble. There is no ounce of prompt or, or pride in this Jesus. The word gentle here also translated sometimes as meek. It's someone who is patient and considered. In the Hebrew, meekness, it gives a picture of one who is willing to suffer and endure. What a picture of Jesus. Humble, sometimes translated as lowly, means Jesus is not proud or overbearing. If anyone has any right to be proud, it is Jesus. If anyone has anything to boast in, it is Jesus. And yet in his very essence, he is humble. He is lowly. His heart is turned then towards others, to those who others would discount and reject. As I think of the heart of Jesus, I, I can't help but be ashamed at my own pride, at the own state of my heart. Me who has nothing to boast in, apart from Jesus. And yet my heart towards others is... It's not the heart of Jesus. So often I'll catch myself and my thoughts and, and what I think and I, I realize how far my heart is from this very heart. And yet does Jesus reject me? No, he invites me, he bids me come. And likewise to you. I want to read these words from Charles Spurgeon who as with so many things puts this so beautifully 
and summary of these descriptors of Jesus' heart. He says this, the words also include here a willingness to endure yet further offenses. Here he's talking as Jesus, not only do I forget the past, but I am ready to bear with you still. Though you should still offend me, though you should still be ungrateful, though you should treat me not as I ought to be treated and give unkindness for my love, I will endure it all. Come to me. He then says, Jesus is willing to receive the lowliest and give the most menial service to those who come to him. Nothing is too low for this Jesus. He's willing to bear their burdens, willing to wash their feet, willing to purge them from their sin in his own blood. For sinners, he has performed feats of lowly love for you and I. For he has borne our sin and shame. He has borne our iniquities and our sickness. Jesus, this Jesus. Wow. He is gentle and lowly in heart. And I don't want us to just kind of look and admire Jesus from afar because that's not the invitation. The invitation isn't just to appreciate this heart and go, wow, isn't Jesus so good and aren't I so bad? Oh. Although he could just leave it like that. But he starts this by saying, come, come to me. So how do we benefit from this heart? How do we learn from this heart? How do we receive it? Well, Jesus gives three invitations or commands in the three verses at the end of the passage that we've read. He says, come to me. He says, take my yoke and learn from me. To come to Jesus for me means to say, Jesus, I believe in who you claim to be and therefore what you are able to do. I believe you are who you say you are and you will do what you say you will do. That's why when we lead people in a prayer, offering their lives to Jesus, it's a declaration of trust. A declaration of turning away from our own ways and looking to his. And two things about this invitation to come. Firstly, it's an invitation to come at once. To come at once. He doesn't say, sort it out. He doesn't say, please make sure you're not grieving because I can't handle grief today. He doesn't say, please make sure that you're not filled with rage or anger or malice because I just don't want to deal with that. I've actually got seven billion other people to look after and I haven't got emotional capacity for you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, leave your burdens and get them sorted out with someone first. He doesn't say, oh, please just come energized because I really don't want your weariness today. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. The threshold to step into this invitation to come, all that you need to be to be qualified to come to Jesus today is to be weary and burdened. Wow. All you need to do to be qualified to come to this Jesus is to be weary and burdened. I read a book last October, it must have been now, and I felt like Holy Spirit had led me to, to engage with this book. And it's a, a wonderful book by a man called Ray Ortland. And it's called Gentle and Lowly. And he, he unpacks beautifully, far better than I could, so many of these things that I mention or touch on today. And I was right at the start of this book. 
And I didn't know the own extent to my own weariness and burdens. I didn't fully understand it, but clearly it was there. And there was a line in the book where he literally, he says this, where he says the only thing you need to do to qualify you to come to Jesus is to be weary and burdened. And at that moment, it was like Holy Spirit just came and ministered to me. And I broke down, not like a nice crying, you know. It's kind of like the crying that you're trying to hide from your housemate because, like, he's going to call someone. I was not okay. But also it was a beautiful moment. Because Holy Spirit was at work breaking all of the nonsense I had put upon myself and all of the things I thought I was supposed to be. Oh, come on, Luke, pull it together. I'm a church worker. Come on, Luke, pull it together. You're a man. Come on, pull it together. You're meant to be a grown-up now. Come on, Luke, pull it together. And I was going through what I thought I was supposed to be or the expectations of what I am. I would even say I'm a child of God and those things are true and yet, really, what I needed to acknowledge was I am weary and burdened. I'm, I'm weary. I don't even know what of. I, I just feel the weight of this. I didn't even understand my own weariness and burden. And yet, he can work with that. He can work with that. He delights in that. It's like a, a doctor who has studied for years and years the joy when you come to them when you're sick. Not when you're well, when you're sick. And they can help you. And diagnose you is our savior when, when he comes and he's given you life that you might have life. And he says, don't stay far from me. You're never going to come in a state where you've got it all together. If you do, that's probably the burden of pride. Come now as you are and come directly. Come directly to him. Jesus is the mediator. You don't have to have another one. You don't have to have a pastor or a preacher as a mediator. If this is your bread for the week, oh, please let this be an exhortation to meet with Jesus when this service finishes. Please let this be an exhortation to meet with Jesus on your Monday morning. He says, come to me, not come through somebody else. He says, come directly to me, this personal relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you desire to meet me as I am. Just me. If you have no faith, come for faith. If you have no strength, come for strength. If you need healing, come as you are. So come now and come directly. Jesus says, then take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And if you understand a yoke, it's an instrument of labor. When you've got a yoke on, it'd be something you put on an animal. It's something they would use to plow the ground. And the Jews understood the yoke to be a teaching or interpretation of the law. And Jesus makes clear that this yoke he is talking about is his teaching because we can learn from him. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so when you read this, think of his will and his ways. There is rest here because it flows from one whose heart is gentle and lowly and whose heart is for you. That means his ways work, that he's not trying to box your life in. 
He's not trying to lead you into a path that isn't fulfilling. But it's not just about coming to Jesus. It's about what you leave with. And so if you come to Jesus and you still leave with a yoke of condemnation and slavery and you still leave with a yoke that is put upon you by somebody else or by yourself, we've missed it. Because Jesus says, come, and he says, go with my yoke and my burden because it's easy and light. Give me what you've got and I'll give you what I've got. What an exchange. What an exchange. In prep, I got a sense from the Lord that he'd want to say to some, you come to me, but you don't take on my yoke. You come to me in your devotion, and yet you don't learn from me. How on earth are we meant to know rest for our souls when we come to Jesus for a moment and then walk in a way that we know is destructive for our lives? Jesus desires that we would come in in all of our brokenness, in our fallenness, but also that that we would listen and receive. And that's why he has to position himself as he does. Well, he doesn't have to, but he does. Because we see this gentle and humble heart and we don't run in our sin or our, our blindness. We run to him. His anger doesn't burn against you, but his love burns for you. So let us come, church, come to him, learn from him, take on his yoke. Tamsin, would you like to come as I, as I close? When we come to him, when we take on his yoke, when we learn from him, there is a promise. There is a promise that we will find rest for our souls. Come to me, all you are heavy and burdened, and I will give you rest This is Jesus speaking. He's true to his word. He's not giving us false hope here. He's not feeding us falsities so that we come. This is truth. This is truth. What a rest he promises. Rest for our souls. A depth of rest that all of us long for. And you know, the most restless soul, if you're listening today, Maybe in the room or at home and you've never given your life to Jesus, the most restless soul is the soul apart from Jesus. The soul that is separated from God. We will always be searching for our significance and our acceptance and our security and and our souls will remain restless looking for satisfaction and all of those things in other things and, and yet if we come to him, we will find rest. And maybe you've never given or trusted your life to Jesus or never come to him, you can come to him for the first time today. A soul disconnected from Jesus, from God, from very life itself will toil and strive. For those of us who know Jesus, there are so many things that can disrupt the rest for our souls. This is not just a one-time invitation to come. All of us are qualified. All of us are qualified to come. In my prep, I just considered some things that may have caused anxiousness and unrest for our souls. And I'm gonna invite you where you are. Maybe you just need to close your eyes and let Holy Spirit speak in this time. I'm not doing this to try and provoke unrest, but for us to acknowledge the weariness 
or, or specific burdens that are on our heart. In Mark 8:36, it says that what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? And some of us, maybe there's an unrest because we're chasing things of the world. Maybe our focus has been off now seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And maybe something of our own ambition is starting to lead us away. Solomon says it's like chasing the wind. Let's not forfeit our soul. Let's again look to him. Proverbs 13 verse 12. It's been massive for me over the last few months. Famous words because they've been captured also by culture. It says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. You know, there's so many, so many people, many of us here and many at home whose hopes and desires have been put off again and again. It feels like the promises of God just keep being deferred and, and there's, a, there's a glimmer of hope and then again it's, it's thrown away and you think, I don't know how much more my heart can take of this. feels like it's never going to come. And, and that hope being deferred makes the heart grow sick. And then Jesus, he comes in as that hope that is the anchor for us all. He'll say, here I am, here I am. Would you come? Would you come? Don't put your hope in things that fade or treasure that moths and vermin destroy. Put your hope afresh in me. Maybe there's affliction in your body and mind. Maybe you're going through Groundhog Day. It's day after day repeating and you just think I'm sick of this maybe it's working from home or no work at all and it's disrupting your sense of peace maybe it's disconnection from self you don't even know what's going on anymore Jeremiah talks about who can understand the human heart well God does he sees he knows Maybe you're a parent here and you're just pouring constantly into the life of another. Pouring out of yourself. Jesus would say, if you catch a moment, would you come? You don't need to come for hours and hours to be refreshed or take on my yoke. Just come. Maybe fear of the future, longing for certainty, so many things that we contend with. Why am I outlining these things? Because life is real. Life is real. And as I've said, all of us are qualified to come to him in our weariness and burden. And he promises rest and life. So I'm gonna invite you to stand where you are. Keep this sense of Holy Spirit, of allowing him to search and minister to you right where you are. If you need to kneel before him, then I invite you to do so. Maybe you need to just open your hands to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Lord, I need you and I come. This Jesus made himself low, made himself nothing, scorned and rejected by his very creation. He was spat at, he was broken, given his very life on the cross so that you and I would have life, not because he had to or because he was obliged to, but because it's his very heart. It was his very heart then and it's his very heart today.
So let us come to the one who is gentle and humble in heart. Holy Spirit, I pray minister to your people right here in the room and across homes, oh Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would come to the one who is gentle and humble in heart. Thank you that nothing of our works, nothing of our prestige or position qualifies us to come. But Lord, you say your weariness and your burden qualifies you. So would you come, Lord, we press into your presence. We pray for divine exchange in these moments that we would lay down the yokes we have put on our necks. We would take off a religious yoke. We would take off everything that hinders and entangles. And Jesus, we look to you. I speak freedom for your people. Freedom for your people as they come to you, the one who is gentle and humble in heart. So Lord, as we worship you, would we come directly to you and would we come now? I pray these things in your precious name, Jesus.